Hello and welcome to the Indian American Experience podcast. I'm your host, Bindia Parikh. Indian Americans are a group that defies being painted in one stroke, be it in political or ideological leanings, definition of identity, or perception of their place in society. So join me in listening to the journeys and experiences of a diverse group of Indian Americans or Desis through lighthearted, casual conversations and see if we can find common threads, maybe shed some myths and hear some interesting stories. Let's get started. My guest today is Dr. Ashish Shah. Ashish is a physician with specialties in pediatric pulmonology and pediatric sleep medicine. Ashish also takes the time to do volunteer work and dabbles in playing the guitar and composing music. Ashish was born in India, but grew up here. Hi, Ashish, and welcome. Hi, Bindia. Thank you. So, Ashish, let's get to it. You were only one when you came here with your parents. So what brought your family here? So my father was a physician and his brother was also a physician. So it was uh, my kaka, uh, his brother, that originally, I think, had the idea to come here. And so he had a friend in the town um, in India mm-hmm. that they were at and who had already been to the U.S. So he tried to figure out how to come here. Eventually... Uh, found his way to Ohio and he was a surgeon. So he found a hospital to work at and get training. And apparently there was a shortage of physicians. So, and they had asked if, uh, you know, he knew anybody. And so of course, uh, you know, my father was there in India ready to come. So that's really how my father came here too. He came to Ohio to start his training. I see. And around what year are we talking about my father came here in 1964. Okay. And wow. I came in 1965. Okay. So a family of physicians. Yeah. <laughs> so when you look back on having grown up here, you said you were just one when you came here. So Correct. you grew up here. Yeah. So looking back on that time with parents who were Indian, moved from India. Mm-hmm. So how do you now define being of Indian heritage? So I think about that a lot. And so yeah. obviously, you know, you can have parents or grandparents that are Indian, and that's one way to look at it. Um, throughout my childhood and growing up, I think my perspective on being Indian had changed. So definitely, you know, when I was in middle school or high school, mm-hmm. I'm not always sure um, how I viewed myself, right? Because it was always very confusing. Yeah. And... I was in the Midwest. We grew up in Indiana mostly and some in Michigan. So I was the only Indian around Ah. my school. Mm -hmm. And so my parents made friends, but they they had kids that were much younger. So really I was in our town, any, everywhere I grew up. So this was in all the grade schools, middle school, high school. They were all, I was the only Indian. So that, so, you know, there were definitely times where you almost, didn't want to be Indian because you kind of stood out, right? And my parents, of course, um, weren't always aware of, you know, I don't know, trends, cultures, mm-hmm. or things that were going on. So, you know, they did their best to do things. And we would visit India all the time. 
you know, every two to three years growing up. And I would always enjoy it. And then, you know, as you pose this question, and then I started thinking about it, and I've thought about this over time and how I view going back to India. Now, when I go back to India, I don't, obviously, I don't go with my parents. So I don't have the same draw that my parents did. There was their immediate family. I don't have immediate family in India. Right. But when I go back to India, I will say one thing. I feel like I, I don't know, belong or connected would be the right word. So I don't feel as an outsider okay. when I go there. So I, I feel at least some connection. Yeah. And in many ways, I can even feel at home, mm-hmm. even when I'm not visiting you know, family or other relatives in India. But I still feel like you know, I'm familiar with this background, familiar with the food, familiar with the culture. So I think that's how I would define Indian heritage, where you actually... I'm not an outsider looking in when I go there. It's well said. Yeah. And you don't speak Gujarati or Hindi. Right? I do. Yeah. You I do? speak okay. Gujarati okay. and I also read Gujarati. Yeah. When I was young, my uh, my mother's father, my grandfather, he would sit me down and wow. made me learn the alphabet and learn oh. how to read. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I've interviewed people who, including me, actually, who sent we sent our kids to Hindi school, but mm-hmm. they just didn't learn much written language at all from yeah. Hindi school. I think learning from a grandparent or an aunt or a parent's proven to be most effective. Yeah, that I think that was effective. And it's not like I lived there. I would just go back every few years for a month or two, but somehow I still picked it up. Um, right. So yeah. um, I guess it's a similar question, but I'm just going to ask you in a different way. Right now, is there a part of you that feels distinctly Indian? I think I'm not sure. I would say maybe not distinctly, but I kind of feel half and half. Okay. Um, and part of me feels I, I think it's the same part of me that told you that I still look forward to go back to India once in a while. Right. Yeah. Right. And and you know not just as a tourist either. Yeah. And to enjoy the food, visit right. with people. So that's that's the part of me that that's definitely feels That's when the Indian like. in you really comes out. Um Absolutely. I've been asking this question and I've been getting all kinds of answers and that's that was my hypothesis that yeah. Yeah. we Indians when we define our we Indian Americans when we define our identity we don't necessarily include being of Indian roots as a big part of our identity maybe right. so I think my question to you is now in your everyday life mm-hmm. as an American what part of you you said it's kind of half and half which is exactly what I would expect or you could even be a non-hyphenated american where right right let's say that all of you is just an american now but what would you identify as distinctly indian about you now when you ask yourself Hmm. i'm not sure i could even say that there's something distinct that i could say um and that's an answer yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on and talk a little bit now about your professional journey. So what led up to your becoming a pediatric pulmonologist? So when I was in medical school, mm-hmm. you know, we have to do all kinds of various rotations. 
So the surgical rotations um, didn't necessarily appeal to me. And, you know, my experience was different, right? So my surgical rotations, we as students had to be in the hospital by 4 a.m. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, and or on weekends by four, on weekdays by five. So okay. weekends were even earlier. Hmm. And, you know, this was back in the day when training was very traditional, right? You had to behave yourself. You got, we were yelled at, if you didn't behave properly, those kinds of things. And surgery tended to be more on that strict side. And then as I went through all the rotations, I, I think pediatrics appealed to me for a number of reasons, um, mostly because realized that, you know, children don't talk back uh, <laughs> most of the time, most of the time, yeah. right? Um, so, you know, they tend to listen, but at least in the office. But what wasn't always so obvious back then, which of course you only learn with time, is that maybe the children don't talk back, but then the parents do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably advocate louder for the Right, children. right. So I went into pediatrics then. Okay. Um, and then as I finished pediatrics, I just, general pediatrics just did not, um, well, not the right word appeal, just didn't call to me. Okay. It wasn't my fit. I did a lot of what we call critical care, ICU, in mm -hmm. my pediatric training. So regular ICU and neonatal ICU. I mean, our training was in more kind of skewed towards that side. Lots of, lots of work, lots of hours. But I really enjoyed it, and it fit me. Okay. So, and then eventually I decided to do something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And actually it was very close to being either neonatal ICU or regular, regular critical care, which we called pediatric ICU. Okay. But I was kind of convinced by some of the people who trained me to go into pulmonary because it also did a mix of pulmonary and also ICU type work. Wow. So impactful. Yeah. And then um, well, you know, times change. So now they've actually become very much separate specialties completely. So so now I just stick to the pulmonary side. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So impressive. Yeah. Do you love what you do? I do. I like it. I always used to say that when it's, you know, Sunday night and a lot of people dread Monday morning. Yes. I don't dread Monday morning. And I think that also comes with time. And that may come with a lot of people, I, I mean, at least many people, when you become more comfortable in your uh, profession, uh, when you're comfortable at work, yeah. um, then it's, uh, I think it's much easier, right? So there's, mm -hmm. there's not a day that comes in where, in where I, yeah, lots of things come up that are unexpected, but at least I am familiar with how these things are going to be handled or yeah. how to deal with them. Yeah, absolutely. You have the experience, yeah. you have yeah. the comfort, you have the mastery. Right. And to look forward to Monday morning, I think that sums it up that it's you're among the lucky ones. You yeah, yes. Yeah. I know yeah. I hear all the time people always say, oh, it's, you know, Sunday, they don't like yeah. Monday morning, but I, I don't feel that way. I don't feel yeah. that way. Oh, know. that's great. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And so Looking to the future, have you thought about how long you want to do it? Or do you want to add 
to what you already do? What do you want to do more of? Have you given it thought? Right. So, you know, I mentioned, I think that I do do some volunteer work, which I really enjoy. So what is it that you do? I volunteer for an organization called Operation Smile. Operation Smile. Correct. Yeah. So they they fix mostly facial defects Mm -hmm. um, for children and sometimes adults as well. Um, They operate out of many different countries around the world. Okay. And so I volunteer for them. So, you know, we have a specific role as pediatricians. We do uh, screening for children, health screenings, and then preoperative screening and then postoperative care. I, I really enjoy that. And I've always said I I never really wanted to stop work either. Mm. So I'm trying to find a way to really balance that. Mm. And I'd like to spend more time for volunteering if I could. And when you go, where do you usually go? I've been to several different countries, uh, China, Kenya. I've been to India, Madagascar. And then most recent trip was in Egypt. And I enjoy it for a number of different reasons, but it's really an opportunity to experience a culture much different than a tourist. I feel like when I go on these trips that you are part of, you belong wherever you are at and you're part of like everyday life for the couple of weeks that you're there. Wow. Yeah. And making such an impact. Yes. And These trips are also very interesting because there are many people from all over the world that come. And so you meet people with very interesting lives. It's it's not just going there and helping people, but where other people come from, different backgrounds, all coming together with the same goal. Right. That's awesome. So that is definitely, it seems to me, something you would want to do more of. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's fun. It's it's a a fun all-around experience. Awesome. Not like anything I've experienced before. And, uh, Great. Yeah. And your other, well, this is this is your volunteer work. And when I asked you about your hobbies, you've been very much experimenting with music, as I put it. But it's more than that. You've been, your wife very proudly tells me, who I interviewed, Preeti, who I interviewed earlier, told me about your experiments with music and how you practice almost every day and come up with new compositions. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm not sure I would call it new compositions, but I do a lot of improvising. I started about three years ago. I I used to play trumpet when I was in high school. Okay. And so I have a little bit of knowledge of music, Mm -hmm. Um, but that faded, the playing the trumpet faded away. And then I always, I actually took lessons for two or three months playing the guitar way back in high school. So I always had this old guitar sitting around. Mm -hmm. And then three years ago, something clicked. Then I just, you know, started and, you know, one what thing led to another. Sorry, I, don't I don't okay. know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I have had this guitar sitting around it. And so I will tell you about once every five or six years, I pick up the guitar. Okay. And for about two weeks, I try to learn one song. So I'll sit down and play for like three hours every other day for about a week or two weeks yeah. and then put the guitar back in the case and then. That's it for the next seven or eight years. <laughs> so maybe I was in that cycle three years ago, hmm. but somehow something clicked. Yeah. Um, and then I did these online lessons that were very organized. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I started, I just, uh, I kept going. Okay. Um, and then so 
rather than saying, you know, I was playing guitar, I really started studying music, everything, okay. studying about music theory, you know, how how music is made, why it's, you know, made this way, et cetera. So that's how, it, that's how it kind of started from. Now, is any of your inspiration in terms of music, Indian music, or is it pop music, or is it classical? What kind it, of music? It is, I would say, focusing mostly blues okay. and rock. Okay. Old, old rock and blues. But so there's a lot of stuff that's mixed in, too, because it's all related. Mm-hmm. And many of the stuff is related. So, yes, I do have a couple of things that are more modern. Okay. But as I learn more about music, what I've learned is a lot of even pop or rock has a lot of roots in blues and jazz, particularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, so even a lot of modern rock has a lot of uh, blues kind of stuck in there. So there's a similarities. Yeah. And so that's kind of the style that I've focused mm-hmm. on. I have taken a little bit of curiosity into Indian music as well. In the styles, um, I don't listen to it much, but more I think I've started reading about Indian classical music. Okay. And and seeing how it relates to Western music, because it's all related. Music is, oh. it's, music is still music. Yeah. Styles are different, right. but there's relationships. Mm. which I'm fascinated about learning. So that's why I said I, I really, I think, even though I'm learning the guitar, I've taken an interest in learning about music in general and seeing cool. how it all comes together, how it all relates to each other. And with that introduction to his musical journey, I'm going to leave you with a beautiful piece of music created by Ashish. He prefers to leave it untitled. Enjoy. <laughs>
as usual. I'll be back next week with another wonderful representative of the Indian American community. Hope you'll join me too.